Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Real Life Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Spears, author, speaker, advocate, and someone who loves to hear inspiring, extraordinary stories from everyday people. I'm fortunate that I get to meet so many different people, and I'm super excited to introduce you to one of them now. I'm super excited to introduce you to Terry Muskie. (laughs) (laughs) So we have reconnected after uh, way too many years. Too many. So, but just tell me a little bit about you, and then we'll talk about all that stuff. So you, how would you want to talk about you? You're what? Well, I'm like my least favorite subject. I'd rather you talk are? about you. Yeah. Well, talk about your yeah. wife then. Talk oh, about your kids. No, she, talk about you. She is my favorite subject. I know, yeah. right? My wife is my favorite person. Okay. Twenty-five years married. Nice. She never gets it right. Yeah. Uh, five years to close the deal. Toughest <laughs> sale I've ever made. But it shows I'm persistent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she is. She is my favorite person. Favorite subject. Two kids. Okay. Um, Eighteen-year-old Zoe, brilliant, beautiful, just like your mom. Uh, son Kobe, fifteen. Uh, he's my dude. Yeah. He's an awesome hockey player. Nice. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. You know, they, they, they are, that's my priority. Husband first, dad second, everything else. Well, you got yeah. your priorities right, for sure, right? Yep. We, I had this conversation with someone earlier today just about priorities and, you know, what's changed and, you know, what are, the, what are your priorities now compared to what they were and that at this age, of a certain age, we'll say. I'm not going to say older. <laughs> but you start to get all that figured out, like in a way that you're like, okay, I know now what the priority is. So, yeah, yeah and you do, for sure. So, but age, we talk about age. How old do you feel like you are? Do I feel like I yeah. am? Mm, that's, I feel 32. 32? Yeah. That's a good age. You? I, I feel like I'm like in my 30s until I walk past the mirror and I'm like, ah, you know. And <laughs> but you, I see my dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you? Uh, totally. Yeah. 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 Well, so, Except for he had a comb over ice. Tracy well, you, was like, no comb over. Did you did you try to rock a comb over for no, a while? No, okay. no, no, no. I swear, never do that. Because I watched my dad. Like the wind <laughs> would blow, and he'd wave with his hair, and it was that. Well, I remember when Matt Lauer finally shaved all that off, and I was like, yeah. that's the way you do it. Well, so. I kept I kept checking with my Tracy. I'm like, tell me when. Yeah. Tell me when. Yeah. Is it time? And she's like, it's time. Yeah. It's time. Get I can't imagine right. you'd have to prompt her though. Like, I think she. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. Totally, totally true. just told you. Yeah. So we are reconnected after, uh, so we, let's just give a little history. I met you when you were 20, 20 years old. 20, I don't think I was old enough to drink. Didn't, I don't remember you not drinking, but, yeah, but uh, I think I did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so when we met, so we worked at a company together and I was not much older than, than you at the time. And right. we were in this super entrepreneurial spirited job. Yep. And so we were, we really grew up in that business together. And uh, I just, I look back on those times as some of the hardest times and some of the best times. You? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you and Wally it made such a lifetime impact on me. That's why I'm, I'm happy to be reconnected with you and, and be, you know, doing projects with you and excited about the Exceptional Leaders Lab and, and what the mission is. And I can totally buy into that. And I'm just, I mean, originally I, just, I contacted you just because I, I hadn't spoken in so long. I just I thought yeah, maybe you can coach me a little bit. I know, and, and yeah. that which is a joke, by the way, because you yeah. don't need any coaching. But what you're looking for is some structure and guidelines that we can yeah. help you with. But you're and I'm quite, a true seeker. Yeah. And that's what, what we've always had. You've always been brutally honest, much like my wife, you know. <laughs> and it hasn't always been fun. <laughs> But it's been productive. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, but when you look back on all those things, what, what do you think was the best thing you learned from being an entrepreneur for so long? Like you went on to have corporate jobs, but when you look back at that time, what was like the best thing you learned? 
Um, I, I think a lot of it was the self-reliance. I mm. think it was uh, you know, proving to myself that I, I could do it. Um, actually, uh, I, I don't know how much time we've gotten stuff. Whatever, but, whatever. Um, you know, one of the, the first um, lessons that, that actually first big mistakes, but it, it, it has produced such a, a huge return on investment over the years, um, was putting together a business plan. Actually, Mike, my cousin Mike, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and Tracy and I, the three of us, you know, Mike really drove a business plan, um, and we started executing against it. But we needed money. We needed uh, we needed five grand. We, mm -hmm. we knew we needed a printer. We needed a computer. We needed all this stuff. And so uh, we were out there looking to raise money from somebody, friend or family. Uh, we went to uh, a relative who was a multimillionaire, you know, to borrow five grand, and and he said no. <laughs> and uh, and so we were kind of whining about it to another friend of the family, and the the deal, and we wanted to make it a really good deal. So we're like, you know, we, if we actually I think it was like fifty five hundred. We wanted to borrow fifty five hundred. Oh. Um, our deal was that we were going to pay that back in ninety days, mm. um, but then we would double their money, right? So eleven in the next ninety days. That's so like the worst negotiating ever. It was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. It was horrible. And um, and so. But we actually did it. So um, the, the the lady that we were with, her name was Kathy. Um, she said, I'll, "I'll I'll take that deal." And signed a promissory note and did it and bought the equipment and executed against the plan. And then we we paid back the fifty five hundred in ninety days. Got to the next payment and realized that the plan we hadn't accounted for any profit. <laughs> we just so we worked for six months for free and. Uh, oh. And we paid it back, and there was part of us because she was a friend of the family. We were young. We were like, well, maybe she won't, you know, take the extra fifty five hundred. She did. Cashed totally, it before totally you. Yeah, she totally <laughs> took it. it. Which she should have, right? Yeah. That was a deal. Yeah. Um, but you know, valuable lesson. But at the end of that, we looked at each other and we're like, okay, wait a second. We can plan. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we can execute against that plan, and and and, and it worked. Mm -hmm. And so, um, the belief, you know, gaining that belief in yourself, sure, um, you know, was was huge. Yeah, the life skills you get in those moments, you don't get when somebody's just handing you money, no, right? You don't, no. you don't get those. No. Yeah. No. Hmm. And then we made a laundry list of things that we, you know, would keep doing and, you know, <laughs> what we wouldn't do, <laughs> give 100% of your profit away. Yeah. yeah. So did you, yesterday a woman, we were sitting in a seminar and a woman referenced the book, um, Never Split the Difference. Have you read that book? I haven't. Okay. I haven't. Well, we won't talk about it then, but okay. you should read that book. <laughs> okay. All we'll right. put it on the list. All right. So, so you did this for how many years? You were at that organization for how long? Twelve years. Yeah. So you, and it was a grind, right? I mean, it, did you ever feel, you finally, I remember, is this true that you were on C-SPAN like one night in the middle of the night, like people turned on the TV and you were, is that true? No. It was just legend. Yeah, it was I hear these stories about you. I'm like, that's a really good story. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> never happened. Yeah. Okay, well, then I, but let's not tell the story. <laughs> okay. But you landed a really big deal. So yes. it was a full commission sales job yeah. where, we, where we met and all that stuff. And, but you landed a life-changing gig, yes. right? Well, I, I'd like to say it was me. I was fortunate enough to be, um, you know, with a... Um, with, with Tracy and with Mike and you sure. know, yeah, n nobody, anybody that's ever accomplished anything amazing, like the highest awards or accomplishments that I, you know, can write down that I've achieved, I never achieved them alone. Mm -hmm. I, I've always had um, very talented people that were around me that filled gaps that I, you know, where where I had my shortcomings, and um, so you know, it, it, it's always uncomfortable for me to say I, I landed that because it was it was equally. 
um, this this um, this effort between Mike and, and Tracy and I. And, and if it had been Mike and Tracy, they had they wouldn't have been able to accomplish it. Mm -hmm. If it would have been me and Mike, we wouldn't have been able to accomplish it. If if it were just Tracy and I, I mean, there was just a synergy between the the talents and the. You know the the and it was a long effort. I mean, we we worked for two years before mm -hmm. we got a twelve thousand dollar PO. I mean, and um, and which then we was had, like two hundred twenty thousand back then, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, because we only got paid, paid commission on the twelve thousand. Right? That was the gross amount. Oh wow, and, that's um, how it started. Yeah, that's how it started. Okay, and it took us two years just to get to that PO, and, and then and then it was a proof of concept. We had to go through RFP, and uh, once we won the national contract. We thought there was going to be this magical switch that they were going to flip at, at you know at NDC, and then all the VAs were going to use mm. our our program. And then the deputy director of the VA kind of patted us both on the the, the back, you know, Mike and I. And he's like, "Okay, guys, you know, go go get them," because we had to go sell each individual um, hospital. But Gosh. so it, it became a like a four to five year um, you know marathon, Grind. and we went from one hospital to getting a grouping of hospitals. They called them Bizens, the Veterans Integrated Service Networks, and and um, and then cross-sharing agreement with the Indian Health Services. And probably the part you were referring to that was was pretty exciting. Nothing about me being on C-SPAN, but uh, the Deputy Director of the VA um, and the Undersecretary of the VA testified testified before Congress that we were the single most profitable private company contract that they had seen in the history of the nice. VA. So that was you know, th those were those were huge, yeah. huge times. But you know, the, when, when you look at uh, you know the the grind, right? And, yeah. But but you you never forget about where you're going and what the dream is. You keep working towards that because that was a lifetime account. Everybody wanted to have that dream account, and we always believed it was possible. Yeah. And so we just kept doing the things that we knew that we would need to do, and eventually, you know, it came to fruition. And it was bigger than any of us ever um, expected it to yeah. be. Well, it was what was fun is that you know you were in that space and doing things like front from the seat of your pants, but making it look like you know we got this covered. Like you, you all made it so believable and really for you know the rest of the company. So that oh was fun. Oh my gosh, so yeah. many rookie mistakes too. I mean, just uh, <laughs> I mean, looking back now and yeah. thinking about the you know, things that 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 I said and, and that we did because I was usually the one that was driving the conversations and stuff and you know trying to qualify because you know we had like no money to fly to DC and so I'm trying to qualify you know who, yeah. who it is that I'm talking to and you know so you know we rented a Ford Festiva mm -hmm. <laughs> we stayed in a Motel 6 I mean yeah. we, we were so on a budget and uh, I remember asking and, and really trying to quantify without burning that bridge if it was going to be really worth our while because we didn't know who this guy was who was asking us to come to DC yeah. And he, I remember him laughing and saying, "You know, it'll be, it'll be worth." I'm the guy. While. Yeah, it'll be worth it. And, and that was that was the deputy director of the VA. Oh, how about that? Who reported to the undersecretary? So, I don't think though, when you know, looking back on all of that, and you're obviously very accomplished. You've had some really big jobs. Um, I just don't think you can be sitting here in the way that and showing showing up in the way that you are without all those trials and tribulations oh, yeah. though yeah aren't they the greatest I, times absolutely i mean now they are yeah it never feels like it when you're going yeah, through yeah, it that. but but then you look back and you're like okay you know it's you know lesson learned there right yeah. and lesson learned there and yeah. and um and, and you do have a tendency to remember the failures much more than you do sure. you know the successes but, um, but but all those accumulated failures, failures. As long as you're you're failing forward, you're learning from them, you know, and you're getting better, and you're committed to a lifetime of learning. It, it, it you know, which is, you never ending. Yeah. You know, so. 
What do you think, like if, you, if an entrepreneur was listening in right now and you know, thinking about the biggest lesson that you learned, like if you had to sum it up, and I'm gonna keep talking to give you time to think about it, but what do you think's like, and maybe it's more than one thing, the one or two things that you would say, this is the thing you've gotta remember. What would it be for someone that's an entrepreneur? Well, it, it, it's never just one thing, right? Mm -hmm. But it, it, you know, the first thing that came to mind was the, the planning, right? You, you, you do have to plan your work, right? And then, and then you have to work to plan because no matter how good your plan is, stuff is gonna happen that you never could have imagined is gonna happen. Just right when you feel like you're gonna, you know, you, you know reach the finish line, the rug is gonna fall out from underneath, you know, floor is gonna fall out from underneath you and, and, and set you back, which kind of goes back to the, the, the Goethe, Yes. Uh, poem that you, you know, that, that you shared with me yesterday that I, you know, needed a copy of. It was about commit. I mean, if you're if you're in, if you're committed, yep. um, you're going to get there. Yeah. And and if you build the plan, if you build the plan, you never arrive or achieve what um, in the way that you expected to. Right? That's true. You, 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 but if you don't plan, you don't get there. Uh, so you, you you have to plan, and then you have to be open to. Uh, and flexible to realize that things are going to come out of the woodwork. People are going to come out of the woodwork. Um, the universe kind <laughs> of aligns for you in ways you never imagined. You know, when you were building the plan, you have to be smart enough to yeah you know, to follow. I would I would add one thing to that because I'm right there with you. I think the plan is. I think where people sometimes miss it is they don't review the plan later. Like they get so entrenched in this is the plan and we're not going to deviate from it. If you don't do those checkpoints to look back and go, you know, yeah. right? We're you have to build the milestones, right? Yeah. What do you expect to be? But, but, but I, I think it's both, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it, it, it is. But you, you have to recognize your plan isn't going to work. Mm. <laughs> True. <laughs> You're, build the plan, yeah. but the plan's not going to work, yeah. right? So, because you can't account for everything. Yeah. Still to come on Tracy Spears' super exciting podcast. All too often I've seen organizations and leaders, um, you know, start to run into to, um, you know, sales go flat, they're having all kinds of challenges, and they become very reactive and they don't communicate. There's mm -hmm. not the transparency. And all of a sudden you're wondering, why are we going in this direction? And, um, you know, and, and so over-communicating with the organization, I, I think yeah. is, is something that the companies need to get good at, but they're very, they think they're good at it, but they're not good at it. Well, when, when you don't do that, like when you're not transparent, when you're not telling people the truth, the story that the people make up about what's really going on is always worse right. than the truth. Right. right. Hi, my name is Tracy Spears, and I'm here to tell you about something super exciting. My business partner, Wally Schmader, and I just released our book, The Exceptional Leaders Playbook, and it's available now at theexceptionalleaderslab.com. What you'll find in that book is immediately actionable ideas that you can use in your everyday leadership. No theories in this one. These are tried and true tactics for leaders of all levels. I hope you'll check it out. Not doing it is not an option. And as the point talks about, there are all these things show up in a way to help you make sure that you complete it. 
said differently. I really do believe that. The thing that you go, you know what, it doesn't matter, but this is where I'm going and this is the outcome that, you know, we were raised on the begin with the end in mind yeah, and all yeah. the, you remember the strangest yeah, yeah. secret and Earl Knight. Yeah, yeah. But you remember being huddled around the VHS tape, you know, in the sales <laughs> yeah. meetings watching the strangest yeah. secret over and over right. and over. But it meant something. You're like, how do we get this on DVD? I know, yeah. right? <laughs> Gosh, so long ago, but Great stuff. lifetime lessons. Right? I still listen to that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I go back and you know, Thinking Grow Rich and Earl Nightingale and um, you know Stephen Covey and mm. you know Zig Ziglar and I mean those. I'm, yeah. I'm like disciples of all of those people. Ogmandino. Yeah, yeah. Um, you said so. You said you wanted to be a cross between who was it? Ogmandino. Ogmandino. And actually, I added one. Oh, okay. I, I added one too. I I, I would like to um, morph into that baby that. You know, um, Zig Ziglar, Ogmandino, um, and uh, C.S. Lewis, mm -hmm. and and Robert Har Harbacek. You know, if I say his oh, name right, yeah, you know, yeah. from the, the from Shark, Shark Tank. Tank. I mean, yeah. just super humble, you know, guy. He's and, a good guy. Yeah, just uh, has genuine respect and appreciation for people. Wants people to succeed, um, willing to invest and in, in helping them to grow. Um, but also, you, you can tell he's not afraid to have a hard conversation when he needs to. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and so those are all kind of those same qualities that, that I'd like to, like to emulate. I think you've got all those, so just so yeah. you know, I think you're okay. crushing it on that. <laughs> I do. Well, he, he's the billionaire. You I know, know. Right. <laughs> You're not monetized. Yeah, I didn't I say got, you were monetizing I, I, I got to get to the monetization <laughs> part of that. You know, we'll be good. I know. So, the, so all this brings us back to this kind of full circle moment. We both had this super struggling, you know, didn't have two nickels to rub together trying to, you know. And now we're at a new point in our life where, so we've started this new company, Wally and I have. and. You know, when you entered, you know, the picture, which was just a short, uh, you know, time ago and said, hey, I want a little of that, you know, it, it was so like, I can't even tell you how I felt knowing that because my first thought mm -hmm. is, why, why was there ever a gap, right? So my right. second thought is that for me, making that commitment to growing this company and the, the universe stepping in, right, and, and bringing you all the right pieces, I was like, you and Tracy are such a huge right piece for us. Mm -hmm. So it was. You make me cry. Oh, it's so, true. And men, men in business are allowed to cry. Yeah, you, you can't. Know, we learned from all yesterday. I cannot. Yeah, yeah, right. You can't. Yeah, I will look weak. You will look amazingly yeah. humble. <laughs> and, you know. So, oh my but, gosh. But it's but it's true. Yeah. Like you know when you you know that happens when you have that kind of energy, where you have like-minded people that you know have something they feel passionately about. There's that's like the best drug ever, don't you think? Yeah, and. But, but, but beyond, beyond that, too, people that love you enough to challenge you. Mm. Um, and and yeah, I, didn't, I didn't ever work with Wally as close as what you and I did because you and I were part of the same region and stuff. And um, God, all I wanted to do was beat Tracy Spears, right? I was just I was like, I mean, you set such a high bar. And of course, I was trying to beat you, so it was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's why I, I try to teach my son, right? You, know, you got to have to, you know, you, you got to love your teammates enough to just challenge them the hardest so that everybody gets better together yeah. and um, and I, I loved I mean I can't even put into words the impact that you have had in, oh, in my life wow. and uh, so being back and working with you again is um, it's exciting on so many levels and and we both have the same heart in terms of wanting to truly impact people mm -hmm. I actually I do remember um, you know, early on, because I, you know, didn't have any money or whatever, I would hear people talk about, well, it's not the money, right? You know, people that 
make a lot of money, don't, you know, they don't do it for the money. And I remember thinking, why well, they say that? Because they don't have any money. That's yet. right. <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> but, but I can say in, in the journey and stuff, you know, initially it is, you know, you, you know driven for the money because you want to eat and, and, yeah. and all that stuff. But you do reach a point where you realize, okay, this is about a legacy. This is about what kind of um, impact you're going to leave behind. Um, and... Um, how can you be the difference maker in somebody's life that was a difference maker for you? Or mm -hmm. how can you pay that forward? Nice. And uh, maybe when you, you start losing your hair and stuff, you start realizing that that's, you know, that's the direction you have to go in. And that's, that's why I'm yeah. so excited to be a part of the lab and, and be aligned with you guys and, and have you guys challenge me to grow because you can't provide something that you don't possess, right? So it's a continual challenge for me to get better so that we can, we can impact more people and give them the gifts that we've been given. Yeah, so so you are uh, looking for speaking gigs and we're, you know, marketing you actively yes. now to get out there. So what are some of the topics that you really enjoy speaking about? Well, um, I love the personal branding part, mm -hmm. um, as you all know, because it, it's it's a proactive way to look at and being deliberate about improving and becoming the person that you want to be. Yeah. Because we both know that whether you think you need a brand or don't, you have one. That's right. Um, and so um, that's obviously important. I love uh, the threads that high-performing teams uh, put together. I'm really excited to, to dig in deep there because that covers all of, it seems like it covers all the really key uh, content that we have to give to an organization and provide for an organization um, about humility and you know, diversity and you know, trust. I mean, all, all of those you know, really key subjects. We can go deep where mm -hmm. we need to go deep. Um, and every organization is different. And um, so finding out what they need and being able to adapt, I think gives a good foundation yeah. for that. So what do you think that like for a leader, like somebody that's trying to figure out how they can be a better leader in their organization? Like what, what is your advice for someone to lead, a, a, you know, a high performing team? Like what would some of the things be on the list? But they need to be, you know, what? Anything in particular? Well, I think, um, you know, the, the, the first one in the, the, the threads, the thread acronym is, is trust. Right. And, um, and establishing trust and, and understanding um, that being transparent um, and, and um, you know, I, I don't want to say vulnerable because that comes across as being weak, but, but truly looking to the people um, within your organization for answers um, and um, you know making people feel safe you know it kills me when people have uh, cutbacks mm. right and I, what was it I, I, I don't know if it was Simon uh, Schrenick or Senek uh, that you know said organizations shouldn't have cutbacks I mean think about you know if, if uh, I ran a financial times at home I wouldn't say to my youngest son right <laughs> yeah you know uh, you know we're gonna have to lay you off for a little bit like if I can bring you back at some point I you know I'll, you know, mom and I, we'll, we'll think about doing that mom you know Paul, yeah leave, leave <laughs> but, a number but yeah but we're gonna have to let you go um, so the, the, the things that I like about the the, the material and, and the the um, the content that you guys have put together is that you ask a lot of questions that challenge people to ask. You know, like in the in the in the branding, the the branding um, content. You you know, you challenge us to ask the questions or give those key indicators. This is what you potentially need if, you know, it, it, um, if you need that that makeover, yeah. right? You know, are you using the same material? Yeah. Are you learning something? Yeah. Have you lost your influence? Have you lost your career momentum? 
Um, I mean, those are those are things that you sit back and you think, oh, I don't need a, a you know a branding makeover or whatever. But then all of a sudden, you recognize, you know, nobody is coming to me and asking right. my advice. Yeah, I, I do feel like my career has kind of gone flat. Yeah. Um, and all too often, I've seen organizations and leaders, um, you know, start to run into to um, you know sales go flat. They're having all kinds of challenges, and they become very reactive and they don't communicate. There's mm -hmm. not the transparency. And all of a sudden you're wondering why are we going in this direction? And um, you know, and, and so over communicating with the organization I, I think yeah. is, is something that the companies need to get good at, but they're very they think they're good at it, but they're not good at it. Well when when you don't do that, like when you're not transparent, when you're not telling people the truth, the story that the people make up about what's really going on is always worse right. than the truth. Right. Right. So when somebody's just willing to say, you know, hey, this is the way, you know, it is. I had a client, we had a client that, you know, went in and the CEO was standing there saying, you know, gosh, you're reading the paper, the economy's taking a downturn, and, you know, I thought we were in a V. I thought it was going to hit rock bottom and bounce right back up. It didn't. I thought we were in a U. It was going to stay down and come back up. He said, listen, people, we're in an L, and I don't know what to tell you. We're probably going to lay people off. We're probably going to, you know, have to shut down some plants, but we're going to bring people back on when we can. And as I was standing there about to do the leadership training for this group, first of all, I was like, this is the worst gig <laughs> ever. But the second thing I thought is, you know what, how, how admirable is that? So when I get up and said, let's debrief this, you know what everybody said? We knew that, but the fact that he said that, I'm not, now I'm not as worried. Right. Like, it was the, the anxiety of not knowing that creates that, I think, energy in, a, in an organization. The monsters are always bigger in the closet. Yeah. I mean, I just totally. you know, recently laid witness to an organization that was having you know, a lot of struggles. There were people that were leaving, some by choice. Um, you know, a lot of them actually not by choice. Mm. Um, again, just reactive, you know, trying to um, you know, improve the numbers. Um, and um, they, they, they made no announcements, or there were no formal mm. communication announcements and stuff. And, and w when, when you listen to the conversations that the executives had, they come back and they say, you know what, we have to do what is right uh, for the organization. And, um, and, and that's so wrong, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, fundamentally, an organization, a company, is made up of people. You know, if, if, if you do what's right for your people, you take care of your people, the, the people will take care of the company. Yeah. But if you're not taking care of those people, uh, they're going to go to a company that is going to take care of them. Yeah. I mean, the market is so rich, and there's so much op there's so much opportunity out there um, that people are picking and choosing, and they're being just as deliberate about interviewing for the positions and and for these organizations. Um, and they're looking for what is the upside? What is my three to five to ten years, you know, down the line? And they're yeah. making choices because of that. Yeah. And so having this old school mindset, you know, we got to do what's right for the company, uh, is going to put you know, companies out of business. And I, was, and, I, and I get it, like, you know, we're not so emotional that we can't connect to, you're running a business, we get all yeah. that, but there's yeah. a point where you think maybe the people that we brought on the last time we shouldn't have, maybe we should have been and handled that differently as we were growing, like what most organizations do from a leadership standpoint is just throw more people at it and then they go back and level it, you know, out. And right. so. I would think there's got to be a better way to do that, you know. There is, and, and I, you know, sitting back and again witnessing all this, I think to myself, if you do have to let somebody go, then help them transition to something else. Don't yeah. just let them go. 
Or just cut bait, think yeah. that there's not an impact for that. I mean, there's so the social media and everything, you be, companies are being graded through Glassdoor and stuff. It's yeah. Glassdoor is Glassdoor. Yeah. So uh, for, for companies to think that their dirty laundry and, and the experiences that employees are having is not going to get out there, they're just, they're, they're deluding themselves. Um, so if you have to let people go, help them transition, yeah. Yeah. especially I mean, if, if it's a, a, a reduction in force scenario and it's not because of performance. And it's, it, um, but um, you know, at the same time, think, I, I think that the companies don't again plan mm -hmm. um, and they don't plan through to the kind of the worst case scenario either. And um, so. There's, all, there's so many things to fix, right? Yeah. 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 It's fun. What are you most excited about? What's next? So you're raising these two little humans. They're kind of getting to that point where they're going to be, you know, on their way uh, soon. What's next for you? Probably the biggest thing that, that is next is the Exceptional Leaders Lab. Uh, again, um, Tracy and I, you know, we, we've been very deliberate about our journey with our kids and recognizing, you know, the how easy it is to screw up a human being. We didn't want to be <laughs> one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, and I, I know that, you know, we give a course on humility, but I think we've done an outstanding job, <laughs> um, you know, being parents and, and well, looking uh, at the evidence, <laughs> I think you're well, it's all right to say that. So. They're, they're, they're amazing. Um, so, so being able to transition and, and get back in focus in, in my partnership with, with my Tracy and, and then. Um, evangelize the things that you know the, the principles the core values that that we know are going to make a big impact in, in, in organizations um, I'm, I'm most excited about that yeah well, you have that perspective now so from going from an entrepreneur to into many big-time corporate jobs and now coming kind of through that I love what the audiences will get from you because they'll get that perspective of what's right for the company and what's right for the people. And that will make you, I know, incredibly effective in that. So. It's funny how things come full circle, yeah. right? Because you, know, yeah. you start off in as self-employed, you know, I've done two startups, right? One successful, one complete and utter disaster, you know, and then I've been at the executive level and in the C-suite and, and in producer roles and stuff. And, you know, where I'm most alive is, you know, is when I'm doing what, what I'm going to be doing with the Exceptional Leaders Lab. and. And I'm also chairing, you know, uh, CEO boards, and I'm I'm helping to mentor um, healthcare startups through the Texas Medical Center, the Innovation Institute. So I mean, just being able to help people on their journey is um, is what is what I'm most passionate about. So well, and all of these line up for sure. Well, it's a good time to be Terry Busky. For sure. <laughs> right. Thank you so Thank much you. for your time today. Thank you. <laughs> Next time on Real Life Leadership with Tracy Spears. How long do you think it'll take before we're not even talking about this anymore? Oh my God! You think it's close, or do you think it's not in our lifetime? What well, do you think? I, I kind of have to think about that and put it in perspective because I've been working in the healthcare career since the early '80s, and when you look, think about that, that's 35 years, and not not much has changed uh, no, <laughs> not, at all. It it feels like a snap. So yeah. It, Initially, I want to say, oh, maybe in 10 years or so, but that really ha isn't how long it's been. It's yeah. been 35 years. So uh, I would like to see 10 years from now, yeah. uh, this conversation is, we don't even have this anymore. I think it'll be more like 20, maybe 25 years. 
Hi, this is Tracy. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast. To find out more about our books, online courses, and other resource materials, check us out at tracyspears.com.